Welcome to the mikvah.org podcast. The mikvah organization has been dedicated to the education and resources for Jewish family life since 1975-5735. You can support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate. Thank you for your support and enjoy today's recording. Have you been enjoying our mikvah.org podcast? We invite you to dedicate an upcoming episode in honor of a loved one. Please reach out to podcast at mikvah.org. Welcome, everybody, to the Thomas episode of the Meet the Kala Teachers Hakel series. So I'm going to introduce our three Kala teachers that so kindly took time out of their busy, busy schedule to be here with us today. So we have Mrs. Sherni Althaus, Mrs. Patya Rosenblum, and Mrs. Feige Slavatitsky. Thank you guys for being here. So let's just jump in with question number one. Um, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? And we can start with um, Sherna, and then we can go in alphabetical order. So Sherna. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on this episode. It's so exciting to be here with some good friends. And um, my name is Sherna Althaus. I am originally from Crown Heights. New York, but I live in Sydney for the past 28 years, and I teach kalas pretty much from the get-go. I was thrown into the deep end. I never thought I could. I never thought I would be able to handle it, but here I am. Um, somebody in Melbourne asked me to teach a kala over 29 years ago, and that was it. So wow. it's very exciting to be part of mikvah.org. Wow. Amazing. Um, but yeah. Hi, I'm Baya Rosenblum. Um, I'm on Shluchos with my husband and family together in the South Hills of Pittsburgh for our Hashem 25 years. And I've been teaching Kalas for almost 20 years. Um, I also um, teach post-seminary girls a Bayesi class. Um, and not teaching Kalas was not anything I ever dreamed I would do. Um, but similar to Sherni, it kind of... Um, fell into my lap and uh I was going to share that in question number two but that's, that's okay that's really no problem. okay so that's that's what happened I just wanted to dedicate my little part of this being that it's a podcast for Tamas um my mother's birthday is in Tamas so this my little part should be David. she was very proud of the work and the involvement that I was having with calls wow okay and Feige. Hi, I'm Feige Slavatitsky. And um, we are on Shlichus in Chicago for the last uh, 17 years. And um, we work with the Israelis, the Israeli uh, contingent over here. We run the Chabad Israeli Center. And um, I've been teaching both Israeli secular kalas as well as Lubavitch kalas for many years. Um, and I also teach a Bayesi hoodie class to post-seminary girls here in Chicago. Wow. Okay, so the next question is, you you kind of touched on it, but what motivated you to become a Tara Samashbacha teacher? Okay. Same order. Okay, so first of all, I'd like to dedicate and say thank you to my Kala teacher, Mrs. Shalamis Pape, may she have her for Shalema, who inspired me to no end to become someone who loves this mitzvah. And I always enjoyed women's studies in seminary. Uh, my mother-in-law now, who's Baruch Hashem, still a teacher. She's in her 80s, Kanayanar. She teaches kalas every single night of her life. Wow. Um, 
and she actually has a book of every college she ever taught. And um, she was my teacher in seminary. She inspired me for women's studies. And then from there, uh, my good friend, Hani Light and I went to Minnesota uh, for a couple of days. And because of a snowstorm, we ended up staying longer. And that further um, gave me the inspiration to teach women. I love teaching women. I teach women of all ages. Uh, my oldest, Kala, would have been um, in her 60s. And um, actually, my mother-in-law took an 80-year-old to the mikvah. So wow. I really find, I find this fascinating, and I love the subject, and I love helping women. But in addition, because I also sometimes have the chassin in the class, because I teach secular brides, um, I also find it very inspiring to teach a couple and to give them the basis of Taras Mishpacha together and watch them grow from there and get surprised you know, every time as a couple, they decide to take it on. Wow, thank you. Okay, so honestly, um, it's like I mentioned, it wasn't anything I would ever dream that I could do or would do. Um, but almost 20 years ago, when um, time to give Hakar Satav, Mrs. Blumi Rosenfeld, who um, is a wonderful Taras Mishbacha teacher, um, taught many, many kalas, and there was a kala getting married that summer. Um, and she was not able to, she was taking care of her mother at the time. She asked me if I would do it. And um, I was so torn because I didn't think I could do it. And um, after a lot of back and forth and back and forth, it was actually my husband who gave me the encouragement and said, you should do it and you'll be good at it. And I only agreed to do it with her training me, which she did. And I'm grateful for that till today. Um, and she gave me the excitement and the knowledge to kind of take off. And um, from there, adding on little bits and stories and inspiration and learning and more and more through the years until I was very fortunate to be actually part of the first mikvah.org um, training class. Mm. Wow. Okay, Feige. Okay, so when I first came to Chicago, I taught in the high school for four years until taught mechanechas, until my family and my shlichas um, needed me more full-time. But um, one of my students approached me a few years later, she was getting married, and she asked me if I would teach, teach her kala classes. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And um, I pulled out my notes. Um, I took kala classes also with Mrs. Pape. And um, my sister-in-law, Hannah Slavitis, he actually typed up all the classes and shared the notes with me. So shout out to both of them. <laughs> and I taught Esty. But, you know, when I finished teaching, I, I realized that I was feeling inadequate and that it's not enough to know the information as a Kala, you know, or even somebody who is... Uh, as a, as a married woman, but as a teacher, you, you really have to have a much greater and deeper understanding and knowledge. And so I reached out to Sarah Moraza. This was back in 2015. And I asked her, I said, you know, would you do a class for college teachers? I felt very strongly that we needed, um, we needed more education and we needed to all be on the same page. And, um, and she agreed. And um, we did it by the kinos. I, I arranged for her to give a class, like a three-hour class at the home of Rishi Deitch. And Batya, I believe you were there too. I don't yes. know if you remember that. Yes. Um, yes. You know, she, it was phenomenal. 
And it really opened up my eyes to how much more um, I needed to learn and how much more I, you know, I needed to be properly trained for this. And so I, um, I went back and forth with uh, Sarmarazov a number of times, you know, can we have, can we do something? And um, I was really happy when this uh, college teacher training came around and um, through mikvah.org and a lot of hard work from Hasi and, and Sarmarazov and Chai Klein and whoever else behind the scenes. But we are very, very fortunate to have this high standard in learning and accountability um, being part of the college teacher training course. Oh, thank you. Okay, so what kind of clients do you service? And within that, do you have a specialty? Okay, so um, in addition to teaching secular brides and grooms, I also run the annual Taras Mishpacha Review in Sydney for Religious for from Chabad women and the whole community. So it's a a beautiful, unique situation where the entire community comes out. We have Rabbanim, we have Ask the Rabbi sessions. We've flown in doctors, particularly Dr. Debbie Herps, um, who are also a Bodeket and a doctor. We have, we're very fortunate, Baruch Hashem, to have Rabbi Ullman with us in Sydney, who is one of the highest trained, uh, one of the highest trained in IVF, IUI, and all the fertility treatments and all issues. And because of that, Baruch Hashem, hundreds and hundreds of women around the world um, have been able to have easier shipping a cam, get to the mikvah sooner, get pregnant easier, etc. We also have Rabbi Moshe Gutnik, who's also a dying on the basin, who also talks to both the women at our Taras Mishpach and both Rabbi Ullman and Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Gutnik also come to talk to the men. We have a men Taras Mishpach as well for, for men. So the specialty that I have at the moment, I have taken... Um, a counseling course, because many times through this type of topic, uh, a lot of couples need some guidance and counseling and how to do it properly. And I also want to thank mikvah.org for all the incredible speakers and incredible education that is ongoing and continues to inspire me to be, you know, reach even higher and, and to broaden our horizons even more. So um, my specialty is that I'm a trained mikvah.org teacher. I also did an Eden Center course, so I can teach also brides who are not Chabad necessarily wanting to do more like Ashkenazi Minag and also Sephardi. Plus with the counseling and Mrs. Pape's love of, of Taras Mishbacha and through the Rebbe's Brachas, that has become an area that I've really flourished in, Baruch Hashem, but I am constantly amazed at how much we learn more and more and more. And I wanna thank Hasi particularly and Mikra.org for all their hard work, continuously uptraining us. Thank you so much. So that's a little bit about it. Thank you. Okay, but yeah. Okay, so I um, mainly have taught uh, Lubavitch girls from a wide spectrum of, you know, backgrounds, what you would, you know, all different, all different kinds of families. Um, I also have had the opportunity to teach a few um, brides from my Chabad house. And um, I try very much to encourage the women as well. I'm gonna be very honest. It's a very hard nut for me to crack. Um, so I try to especially bring it up with regards to life cycles, when someone's having a bas mitzvah in the family, a bar mitzvah, a wedding, um, things like that, to try to open the door again and um, and, and encourage them. Um, 
The fact is that I'm not in such a busy community where there's so many people engaged and when they're engaged, they're not always in Pittsburgh too. So um, I do feel like for right now, um, I am mostly more busy with post-seminary girls, um, including like yesterday, we took did a special post-seminary um, mikvah tour, a brunch and mikvah tour. So we had a beautiful discussion in depth in the mitzvah, and then we went to tour the mikvah and question and answer, and that was a very beautiful opportunity. So that's that's me. Thank you. Okay, thank you. So I've actually, before I even um, got into teaching Lubavitch Kalas, I've been teaching Israeli secular Kalas. As I said, we work with Israelis, and many Israelis um, who live here want to get married back in Israel. And in order to be married by the Rabbanut in Israel, they need to have a Hadrachat um, Kala. And so they need to go through, um, they need to take a Kala, um, a Kala class or two. Um, so they are coming to me, not necessarily do they even have interest in going to the mikvah, but they know that that's the only way that they can get married off in Israel. And it's like, I, you know, look at it as an opportunity to show them the beauty and, um, you know, how precious this mitzvah is. And so I teach both ends of the spectrum, completely secular women in Hebrew um, and Lubavitch Kalas from here that are getting married. Wow. And, I, and I have to say that, you know, in, in teaching, um, when I first came here and started teaching these um, Israeli Kalas, I uh, reached out to my mother, who's been teaching um, in our Chabad house in Michigan uh, Kalas for many, many, many years. And she sent me, you know, her notes and we spoke about it. And so a lot of my classes for these women have my mother's flavor um, in these, in the classes. Okay. Can I just say that, Biggie, I think that as a seminary girl, my first seeing of the mikvah was that new mikvah that your parents built, which I now <laughs> think there's way back then. Yeah. You know, oh they, they just, they just renovated literally they're doing a, a, a inauguration next month for the new mikvah so that's uh, nice to hear that i wow. heard that i heard yeah very special yeah okay how do your callas inspire you and do you have a story to share Diana. that's a great question so first of all on the back of Faggy's comment I also end up teaching a lot of Israeli girls who um, get married through the based in here and in Eretz Yisrael. And one of my stories was so fascinating. I have to share it and how you never know. So as Feige said before, um, this particular girl called me up and said, hi, how are you? I heard you're a teacher. Can you just sign the paper? I'll pay you whatever you want. And then and just take the paper and go back to Israel? I said, absolutely not. That's now how, not how it works. Um, I would love you to come once, meet me, see how we go, and we can see further what's happening. And she was very resistant, um, but she needed this paper for the Rabbanut, and she came very off, you know, off-putting. She wasn't interested. She showed me like she was extremely secular, didn't believe in it. But as we were going through the class, um, and I do want to shout out to Chabad of Potomac. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sarah Blooming um, for some notes that I picked up once at Akinas as we were going through that class and then going through what a chuppah is and the spirituality. I could see that something was changing in her. By the end of the class, she burst out crying and she said, I want a chuppah just like this. I'm coming back for another lesson. 
And so she did. And Baruch Hashem, it was a beautiful experience. And it showed me, that sometimes you get a no, but a no is a soft yes. It could be a mitzayim, it could be entire mishpacha. Don't get put off. You never know where somebody might be inspired by something you said. So that was story number one. Story number two is the Rebbe's brachas. Um, at one of our Yud Bey's Tamas, or was it Tuba'av, Tuba'av uh, for bring-ins on Zoom back in the day, um, we were going to have our women's convention. And in honor of the women's convention, we were going to have a speaker, but it happened to fall out with Chadish uh, Ella, which is our annual mikvah review. And the whole night on the Zoom, I kept saying, ladies, remember, write down these dates, annual mikvah review, Sunday, Chodesh Elul. And then after this event, I wrote to the Rebbe, Akaduch. And the answer was, Rosh Chodesh Elul, in honor of your upcoming mikvah review, please, and I'm not quoting exactly, but please ensure to include the postmenopausal woman. And we had never included the postmenopausal woman because it may have been said in passing, but that wasn't really the area that we focused on. And so I called Mamashpia. We decided to ask Rav Kislanim to give us a half hour talk for the post-menopausal women um, in, in the mikvah review, and then a half hour talk for our convention, which she agreed to do. Uh, it was all via Zoom. Because of that, and because it was such a successful uh, event, Baruch Hashem and Rifki spoke beautifully, we got the video of it and we passed it around to whoever we needed to in Sydney. And many, many women went one last time because of it. Fast forward to the past, not this past, the year before at the mikvah, uh, mikvah review for Kala teachers. Um, Hasi asked me to give a talk about Secular Bride and my mother-in-law and I worked on some edits and I shared the story. And someone in the audience raised their hand and said, can you share the video? I said, look, it is it belongs to Sydney and Rifka Slanim gave it to us. I will double check with Rifka Slanim. As far as we're concerned, as Sheikh Abad, we can do it. Um, I went next door because it was snowing so heavily and I sat in a session for the over 50s. I wasn't over 50, I just sat in there. <laughs> and next to me was Rifka Slanim. And I told her, the girls next door are asking if we can use your episode for mikvah.org. And she said, absolutely. And now it's on mikvah.org. Wow, look at that. The Rebbe's bracha for the postmenopausal woman, the one last time. And when we take a bride to the mikvah, we always offer, would your mother like to go? And in one particular case, the mother told me very, very emotionally, she said, I was supposed to go to the mikvah before I got married, but I was emigrating from South Africa to Australia. It didn't happen. I always felt guilty all those years. I said, great, we're going to go now. And she went and her daughter went and together they walked to the chuppah in such high spirits. And um, as the Rebbe says, mikvah for postmenopausal women has a retroactive effect. If they go one last time and they're still married and they have a relationship, they go one last time and the neshamas born prior to that become elevated. So that's another story. Um, and last but not least, um, I have kalas that come in and sometimes it's the chasin that's inspired to keep mikvah and not the kala and they get all emotional the chasanim. And it's beautiful to see how we try and get them both on board. Um, and one of the kalas, um, she came, Abalas Chuba, she came to Sydney. Um, she asked me to teach her for her chasana. She got married, went on shluchas to Colorado. She set up another girl um, and... I taught that girl, the girl at the time was a girl from a Chabad home, not as observant at the time, but today Baruch Hashem runs it from home with three children. And just last week, Lagba Omer, the sister-in-law, so this shlucha then set up these two girls. 
the sister-in-law just got married in Eretz Yisrael and I learned with her. And all three of them was because of that one girl. So one, chavr to chavr isla, I think that's how you say it. One inspires the next. So just know that whatever you're doing, Hashem is with you. And if you're putting in a shama into it and you you put your whole heart and soul, it's going to have a ta'elas. So that's just my little inspiration for everyone. Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you. Um, Batya. So the per- first part of the question was, um, how do your calls inspire you? Um, yes. They inspire me very much when we, especially post Hasana, um, the questions that come up, this, the wanting to know, the wanting to do things right, the wanting to, to different things that come up in their lives and different situations and, and the comfort level to be able to call. And for me, to be able to share the resources that I have learned about that are available for help, whether it's a bodekas, whether it's relief, all these things that, you know, thanks to the beautiful class of mikvah.org that we've been um, exposed to and, and informed about all these um, available resources. And in terms of a story, um, something that I, 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 it is very personal, but it is uh, something that I share with each of my kalas, um, just to know how fortunate you are to live in a place that has a mikvah. So when, in the earlier years when I started teaching, so this is, I'd say about 17 years ago, um, when I did teach a woman, the first woman that I taught from my community, from a very reformed background, and um, she was interested in this mitzvah. Um, We learned, I brought her to someone else to teach because I did not think at the time that I was equipped well enough to do this. And, we would go together, she was she was taught and she was ready to go. Shortly after she took on the mitzvah, she gave me a call and said that, um, Batya, I need to go to the mikvah for Friday night and I drive anyway. Um, so I said to her, let's call her Sarah. I said to her, let me call the Rav. Um, I was a little bit nervous. Um, and of course the answer was that mikvah cannot be a reason for her to drive. Um, I was quite nervous to tell her that because I, there was nothing in my life that I could compare to that mysterious nefesh of her taking on this mitzvah. Nothing. I really, really thought nothing. And when I called her and I said to her, Sarah, um, mikvah cannot be a reason for you to drive, which would mean that you have to go on Saturday night and Matzah Shabbos. And she said, well, I have symphony tickets and I have guests coming in that we're going to, and that was not going to be able to be moved. So I said, how about I the mikvah tenant and see if we can arrange an appointment for you after the symphony which we did it was quite late at night but we did and i thought to myself like wow that is so inspiring i i and i i think that hashem knew that he put me in a place where i don't have a mikvah for shabbos and um he orchestrated things that i never needed to go on friday night and it was like this is Batya's plan. Well, guess what? Shortly thereafter, who needs to go on Friday night? And I thought to myself, I can't even believe how much strength and inspiration I'm drawing from her. And when she later moved to another community and we were having a goodbye party, I said to her, you inspire me in such a real way because when things were challenging for me in this very mitzvah, you were the one that gave me strength. Until today, and of course, since then, Hashem has given me other opportunities to to gather the strength from her. So that's one of the ways that uh, I feel very inspired by those who I taught. Wow. Okay. Beggy? Yes. Okay. So as Sharna said, 
I have inspiring stories with Israelis who I taught who I never thought would go past that one time in order to get the certificate so that they could get married by the Rabbi Nut. Um, and I've been pleasantly surprised more than more than once with Kalas who have, you know, decided to go again. And um, I had a woman, one such woman who I taught uh, a couple years ago, a few years ago. And I thought it was a one-time thing, even though I always, you know, encourage them. And I say, I hope that they will consider going again and the blessings that it brings, etc. cetera. Um, but I never thought that she was actually going again. She lives here in our community. And um, last year, she was asking me some questions about the mikvah nearby, uh, you know, about Friday night and what is the policy and if she needs to make an appointment. And I looked at her. And she's like, why are you looking at me like that? I said, I'm so amazed that you're going to the mikvah. She said, what do you mean? I go every single month. And I was, I was blown away. And actually, this same woman just called me last week. She called me three times in a row. And um, I was with my kids and I wasn't picking up the phone. But, you know, when you see somebody calls you three times in a row, you pick up. So I picked up the phone and she tells me, she, I, she's like in a panic and she's like, I don't know what to do because we really want to have a baby. They have two kids and they want to have another one. And she hasn't been conceiving. And she said, I just checked and I'm ovulating now, but I only, I'm only five days into my clean days. I'm only five days in my Shivanakim. What should I do? Can I just go to the mikvah because I'm ovulating and I'm going to miss the opportunity? And again, I was so amazed that she is, here she is, like they so desperately want to have a baby, but she wants to do it right. And I just, I just was so inspired by that. And I, I told her to call Taharenu. Taharenu is a great organization and that they, and in, you know, in Israel, so that she could speak to them in Hebrew and that they would be able to help her out. Um, but um, definitely these stories that, that, that happen are, um, are very inspiring to me. Wow, that was really, really nice. Wow, okay. Can I just share one more yes, interesting sure. thing? I also teach um, conversion classes. So when people are doing Garus and mm -hmm. it's so inspiring to me how these girls, these Garim are so meticulous about mikvah and they go beautifully every single month. One girl was coming from Singapore last week, right? She doesn't have a partner. She's by herself. She converted. She sent me a picture of her nails to see if they were short enough to go to the mikvah. Like to wow. me, that's like, wow. Like I did not expect her. And obviously they were good. They were good. But she was so meticulous about every single thing. And, you know, will the mikvah in Sydney have this item and that item? And it was just incredible to see. And the other story I have, I taught a girl who was getting married and she thought she was going to be able to go before her wedding, but it turned out to be a chupasnida. And I didn't know how she's going to handle that because she was not religious at all, a secular bride. And she did follow the instructions perfectly. She ended up to be in Santorini and Finland on her honeymoon. Oh, wow. Finland had the mikvah, but she wasn't going to be ready to dip in the mikvah in Finland. But because of her late schedule of her period, the way it fell out, she went in the ocean in Santorini. Oh my goodness. Directions to the T and that blew me away. So I just wanted wow. to share that because we really don't know how far someone will take it. Wow. Wow. 
Okay, so we're going to end off with what is your vision for the future of Tara Samashpacha? Okay, so my wish, my vision, obviously mm -hmm. Mashiach will come and mikvah, tikvah, and all that, and we will okay. have cure all the time. Um, my vision is that all women from all backgrounds should feel safe and comfortable to approach a kala teacher and actually want to go to mikvah Bhaktisha Patara and to feel proud of what she's doing with the support of her husband and family. Um, particularly in COVID, it was very difficult when people got COVID and they couldn't go in our city. We couldn't go to the mikvah. People, there were people who had to go to a beach or had to wait extra days, et cetera. So my hope for the future is that everybody should be well and strong and able to go on time. And there should be um, very, very uh, proliferation of the knowledge of what the mikvah does, but also all the resources. And I think mikvah.org has helped to proliferate a lot of the resources like Tarenu, like Bat said Relief, um, and also the Rabbanim's numbers. My other wish, because I see this every day on social media, um, that women are reaching out to other women who may or may not be trained. It's best if they have a place that they feel safe and confident and comfortable to go to. Um, but because of that, somebody wrote about an issue and I managed to hook them up with a rabbi about they were spotting in Shivanakim from their ectropian cervix that they didn't know. And this girl was kept for seven months. She couldn't get to the mikvah because she did not know that her bleeding was due to a maka, a wound. She thought it was from her uterus. And because she wasn't aware that there is something called a bodekas and there's a rabbi that you can ask about it and there's a rebbitzin that you could speak to seven months. And when she read the post on social media, this just happened this week, um, she thanked the, whoever posted about it. Um, and because of that post, she was able to go to the mikvah and get pregnant. And so were others. So we do have to also be mindful. There is social media and it is probably a good thing for us to call the teachers to check it out from time to time and see what we could answer and bring clarity. So I hope that becomes um, more available and that call teachers will have the ability and confidence to be able to go out there and approach someone. Oh, one last thing before I go. I approached a girl who was from Beis Yaakov but had left Yiddishkeit completely. She lives in Australia. She was my hairdresser. And I didn't know how to get the words out because it's one thing to approach a non-observant woman, but it's something else to approach a person who was once observant, very observant and left and have their own reasons why. Um, and I said to her, I won't call her name, let's call her um, Sarah. Sarah, it's so nice you got married to a Jewish boy, a South African in Australia. Would you ever consider going to the mikvah? Because I know you want to get pregnant and you want to bring the baby in a holy way. She said, funny you should mention it. My mother in Borough Park, just asked me if I would go to the mikvah. And she said of all the mitzvahs that she still keeps, which is very few at that time, she does nagelwasser because she says it washes off the negative energy from yesterday. And I'm like, great, that's my in. Mikvah <laughs> washes all the negative energy. And I found out that she did go and she got pregnant and Baruch Hashem, that was her baby story. So you never know. Approach, feel confident to approach, even if you're nervous. What's the worst thing you get to know? Remember every no, has a yes behind it at some point. There you go. Thank you. Um, okay, so I, I would love to see that the beauty of this mitzvah is recognized um, in my own little corner of the world and then from there spread. Um, personally, we have taken on to Ritz Hashem, build a mikvah here in loving memory of my mother and mother-in-law, two very wow. special women. 
um, and hopefully that will take care of the Friday and uh, Yantif situation. Um, and really that's, you know, to, to each in our own places to spread it and to bring the Kedusha of the mitzvah to open in a loving way. And for that to spread and have the, the final Tara, the coming of Mashiach. I mean, beautiful. Okay, Gigi. Okay, so I would say that my own vision is a personal vision that my every kala that I teach goes away with a, a love for this mitzvah, an appreciation for the mitzvah, a passion for this mitzvah, clarity in the mitzvah, and um, I'll leave the greater vision for mikvah.org. I think they're doing a great job until now, and um, I have full confidence that they'll continue to um, guide the college teachers and uh, continue to pave the way for Mashiach to come. I mean, beautiful. Thank you so, so much. This was so, so inspiring and uplifting. And I just, I want to give you guys a bracha that the things that you're teaching and, and putting out there for everyone should just spread to everyone. And it should really just bring about the coming of Mashiach. So thank you so, so much for coming Amen. and taking time and a good night. Thank you so much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's recording. Please take a moment to leave a rating or a review to help others find the podcast. We welcome you to support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate. For feedback, please email podcast at mikvah.org. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.